You know, when we talk about uh, uh, ministry, which is what this is all about, saying yes, uh, we want to say that it's not just young students or those who go to camp who say yes to what God has for us. It's all of us, right? Uh, we want to say yes to whatever God has for us in our life. That's really what a call of what a disciple is, is following after Jesus. And Jesus leads us into a life of worship, right? He said, Jesus said, uh, my, uh, that, that he says, if God is spirit and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. And so the life of, of Christ, the life of discipleship is one in which uh, we begin to live an active life of worship. And worship is simply is whatever our life revolves around, right? That's what you worship. So if, you, if your life revolves around your job, that's really what you're worshiping. If it revolves around fun, that's what you're worshiping. It's around money, that's what you worship. Your family, it's what you worship. And we find that uh, the only thing that really has the ability to hold our lives together, the reason that, God, that Christ uh, draws us into a life of worship is it's a life that's rightly centered. It's a life that has the right kind of balance. Only God has the gravity enough to hold us together uh, when everything else falls apart. And so uh, this whole process of discipleship really is, it's a, life, it's, a, it's a process of learning how to put God at the center of our life, how to balance our life, center our life on Him, which leads to the change, the transformation that God wants us to have. And so that we've said this year, 2019, we've set about as a church the, the task of really getting, uh, the, the setting a, a worship at, at the center of who we are and our discipleship and our followership. How do, we, how do we put Christ at center? And we find in Scripture that there are three very practical, very simple ways in Scripture that God invites us to worship Him. Uh, one is with our time. We think of things like how he invites us to worship in that like Sabbath and, and, and uh, worshiping together on Sunday, taking that time, even Bible study, taking time, putting God at the center of our life there. We find that uh, there's uh, talents and there's also treasure. And, and uh, so those three areas that God has given us as a practical opportunity to put him at the center of our lives, we said, well, this is where we're going to focus this year. How are we going to really center our lives on Christ? Well, in February, we started with treasure. I think that's the easiest of them. And we uh, had that finance, Finding Financial Freedom series. And uh, we had over 50 of our, our members, uh, families have joined us in taking that tithe challenge. And it's been amazing to hear the stories and what God has done and how he's working in people's lives through that and how he's growing the church. It's been amazing. We even had a new family join us with that uh, last week, which is really cool. Uh, but, uh, but it's not just there. We don't just want to worship God with our treasure. There's, we want to worship with our whole life. So this uh, fall, we're going to be focusing on how to worship with our time. I think that's the hardest one in our culture. Um, and so how do we do that? And in preparation for those, this series, we're going to talk about how do we worship God with our talents. And that's what this whole Say Yes uh, series is all about. It's about how do we begin to, to put God at the center of our lives, even with the things that we do. And so uh, that's what we're talking about, saying yes then to ministry. And so when we talk about saying yes to ministry, there's three things that we discovered about ministry early on. The first thing is that ministry is discipleship, which was a revolutionary idea. It was different than I thought it was. I always thought that ministry was for the mature, right? We see mature people in ministry. And the reason that we see mature believers in ministry is because ministry is what matures believers. That's what we discovered last week as we were in Ephesians chapter 4. A pretty amazing thing. That uh, ministry is what helps draws us closer to Christ. When people minister, when the church ministers, it helps us to grow in that maturity in a couple important ways. One of them is it helps us form great doctrine is what it tells us in Ephesians 4, that we're not tossed about by all kinds of crazy doctrines that throw people off their game, right? It, it says we also grow together in love. It matures us in love, actual being able to care for one another when we minister. And lastly, we find that it grows us together in unity. Uh, as we serve God, 
uh, in ministry, as serving him as, as an expression of our faith, he grows us uh, together. We begin to, as a body of Christ, as the followers of Jesus, we actually begin to work together the way that God designed us to do it. So if we are disciples of Jesus that build disciples of Jesus, first thing we want to say is that we have to then have ministry be a very key part of what we do, right? That, that's, it's for all of us to grow in Christ. This is how Jesus also made disciples, as he engaged them in serving. Now, what is ministry? Well, ministry is just good works that are done as an expression of faith right? We recognize that God has good works he's prepared in advance for us, and we begin to do those as an expression of faith in Christ. That's ministry. It's doing the things that God has called us to do, and when we do that, we do fine. We find maturity. We find that we grow. Discipleship is centered in ministry. Second thing we learned about ministry is, shouldn't be surprising, this is, it is actually worship, uh, that we believe when we are in ministry, we recognize that when we are serving people as an expression of our faith, that faith is in something, isn't it? That faith is in God and that he actually is true to his word, that, that we are in Christ, that we are in, made in Christ Jesus. In fact, we are his, his handiwork. And we were specifically designed to do good works. When I, we have practiced that, when we express that faith with our very actions, with obedience, with following God and, and doing those good works, that expression of saying, yes, God, you did make me for good works and I'm doing them, then we are centering our life on what God has made for us in advance. Right? We are centering our life on God's plan for what he wants from me. That's putting God at the center with my talents. That's worship. And it's an amazing thing. And when I worship God through ministry, that means that it's, I am being faithful to God. Right? Because God made me for doing good works. He made the good works in advance for me to do. And if I do those things, I'm being faithful to his call in my life. All of us. And so faithful engagement in ministry is centering our lives around what God has for us. And so it's worship. It's a great place to be. It's saying, yes, God, I know that you made me for this. And you have a design for my life, and that's what I'm following in. The third thing we discovered in ministry, which I think is the most encouraging, is that it's empowered by God. And it's interesting, Lee talked about how when you begin, it seems like there's way more than humans can do to get ready to, to have things done. Isn't that way in just pretty much every area of ministry in our life? Aren't you glad to know it's not just us? That God has good works and he's thoroughly equipped us and he's put us together in a body, but then he does something amazing. Is he does more than we could do on our own. That's the evidence that God is with us. That's the evidence. You want to see a miracle? You want to see God do something in the world that's beyond just regular capacity? Start serving him. When you begin ministering as an expression of faith, be doing good works in Christ because he made you for those things out of faith, saying, God, I'm going to trust that you did this. He works with us, and he does things that you yourself couldn't do on your own. That's the evidence of God in your life. That's called testimony. It's powerful. And we find that ministry is empowered by God. It's a superhuman activity. It's humans plus God. And when you have humans plus God, it equals far more than humans could ever do. Which is why God would take, I don't know, a small group of 12 guys and then use that to be the people that would then transform the world. Right? God is constantly using what we consider the weak, the unqualified, to be able to do amazing things for the very purpose that they're the testimony, that it's not just them who does it. We look in our community and we say there is darkness and there is need and there is despair. There's all kinds of stuff that we see even in Estes Park that seems too great for us as a small church to be able to impact. And it would be if it was just our small church. We wouldn't have enough to impact this community in, in a great and a profound way. But it's not just us. It is us plus God. And God works with us, partners with us in ministry. And he does through us things that we could never do on our own. And the world will step back and say, scratch their head and say, what happened? 
How did they? I don't know. And we'll say, we can tell you how. It wasn't just us. It's God. That's the power. This is what we understand with ministry. Ministry is an amazing thing. This is why we must center our life in it. We must center our life in Christ through it. Ministry is amazing stuff. But you know what? There's not just one way of ministering. Some people call me a minister, and I am. But I'm no more a minister than you are. I'm a pastor. That's my ministry. I shepherd and I feed and I protect. I do all that kind of stuff that my ministry is in pastoral ministry. But all of us in Christ are ministers, which means all of us are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And if you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works and you do those, then you are engaging in ministry. Ministry is for all of us. And we're going to talk about today one area of ministry that we have in this church. It's called hospitality and care. Now, we're the body of Christ, aren't we? So a body's not made of all the same pieces because that would be a weird Frankenstein-y kind of body, right? So we as, a, as a leadership in the church, we looked at our body and we said, what are the areas that we have in the church? What are the kind of ways that we have, are created to serve? Just like a body has circulatory system and the digestive system and all that, the church has different kinds of systems of ministry, right? And so we've divided it out into five areas, five major systems, areas of ministry that we find in the body. And so each week we're going to be going through one of these areas of ministry. And today I had the pleasure of starting off by talking about hospitality and care. Now, before I begin with that, of course, we want to, again, center ourselves again on our memory verse, with our memory verse, from Ephesians 2.10, that says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We understand that this is, we have to start with the Word and build on it. And don't just memorize God's Word. Think about, well, how does it apply to your life, that you are God's handiwork? You are created in Christ Jesus. You are created to do good works which God has prepared in advance for you to do. Think about what that means. Pray it through. Pretty awesome stuff. Now that you have that, let's go into the Bible. Let's get to uh, our, our thing today about hospitality. And we're going to be, our, our text today comes to us from the book of 1 Peter. And we're going to start in chapter 4. If you have one of our Bibles, so we're going to be on page 852. If uh, you forgot your Bible today, we've got plenty of them in the back by the sound booth. You're welcome to use one of those. And if you need a Bible, please keep it. That would be our gift to you. Now, as we go to 1 Peter, it's a little history to know why we're reading of 1 Peter. 1 Peter was a, a letter that was written by the Apostle Peter, right? And so he wrote two letters through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. That's the 1 Peter. And then the second one was called 2 Peter because we're creative, right? So we get into God's Word. This is what Peter wrote, the Apostle there. And the book of 1 Peter in this area, this section, he's talking about, he's teaching about the necessity for suffering for Christ. That's the context that we find the, the writings about hospitality, which is interesting because you, most of us do not associate suffering with hospitality, right? Most of us have them at two opposite ends of the spectrum, don't we? You think of hospitality leads to the opposite of suffering, right? We think of hosp- suffering as bad and painful, and we think of hospitality as comfortable and nice. So you think, why is it that Peter would be talking about hospitality right dab in the middle of a text that talks about the necessity for suffering for Jesus? You ever thought about that? It's kind of interesting. It's a strange concept. Well, here's the thing. Peter is talking about the necessity for us to die to self so we can say yes to the real life that we have in Christ. You see, the opposite of, of, of hospitality is selfishness, isn't it? When I care about only me, when it's all about me, when I'm at the center of everything, I'm very unhospitable. Uh, if to, in order to be hospitable, we have to 
choose to look outside of ourselves. We have to begin to care for another person above myself, right? I cannot be self-centered and be hospitable. I have to die to myself. That's the beginning of hospitality. That's why it fits in here. And so as I read this, I want you to, we're going to go through this passage. I'm going to start uh, at uh, verse 7, and I'm going to go all the way through verse 11. All right, so we're going to read about hospitality. Let's start there. It says here, the end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. And if anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. And in all things, God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. What an awesome passage. And so in this passage, we're going to highlight this morning three truths about hospitality. And then also we're going to finish then how we can say yes to the ministry of hospitality. The first thing I want to talk about the truth in hospitality is that hospitality is an expression of love. That's what it is. I want you to read verses 8 and 9. I want you to notice the relationship between love and hospitality. It says, above all, love each other deeply, right? So there's love because love covers a multitude of sins. And right after that, it says, and offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. It's, It's no mistake those two verses are right next to each other. There's a contextual tie between the two of them. We have to start with love if you want to be a hospitable person. Love is choosing another's good above your own. That is at the heart of what love is. How do we know that's what love is? Because it says in the word that we know what love is because Christ loved us and laid down his life for us. Christ loved us, cared for us more than he cared for himself. He chose our needs above his own. That's love. And it says here, I'm supposed to do that, to care for another above myself, right? To take myself out of the center of my life and put Christ there. If I do that, right, to love each other deeply, which is important, not just on a surface, not just, hey, brother, it's nice to see you today. How you doing? Yeah, I don't care. And then stab you in the back when you leave, right? We're not supposed to have shallow love. Love each other deeply. Actually choose your good above my own. When I, when I begin to, to die to myself and so I can care for another, then it says, that we're supposed to serve one another, offer hospitality without grumbling, which is really good. It's not like, well, you put me out. My focus isn't on me. Hospitality is completely, it says, I'm going to care for another person that God cares for. That's where it begins. And it, it, so hospitality is the expression of love. How do I know that you care for me? Above, you actually care for my needs above your own. Well, you demonstrate it, Right? For example, in Scripture, it says, if you see a brother or sister that is in need, they don't have enough food to eat, and you go over to them, you say, hey, be well fed, and then you leave, it says, how on earth can you possibly the audacity to say that you love that person? It says, if you actually love the person, then you're going to feed them. That's what we do, hospitality. You see, we want to actually demonstrate our faith through our actions. Love has to have an expression. And the expression of love, one of the best expressions of love is hospitality. And this is what we get invited to do. When I begin to help and see other people, care for them, greet them, treat them with kindness, there's a lot of grace in hospitality. I'm demonstrating not just my love for them, but God's love. 
for them. It's a powerful thing. And so hospitality in that way is a manifestation of grace, isn't it? It says that we're supposed to love each other deeply, right? Offer hospitality to anyone without grumbling. It's an opportunity then. It says that I'm supposed to, uh, I'm supposed to care for them, but I do that in verse 8. It says because love covers a multitude of sins. Hospitality doesn't ask, are you worthy of my hospitality? Right? Hospitality asks, are you here? And if you are, then I've been gifted with the opportunity and really the responsibility in Christ to care for you, to demonstrate Christ's love for you because he demonstrated his love for me. That's what I get to do. And so it's an expression of grace. When you come to my house, I'm not going to be nice to you only if I like you. Right? I'm going to treat you kindly. I'm not, if you come over and I don't like you, I'm not like going to serve you like dog food. Right? I'm going to come to my house, I'm going to give you my best. And, and it's not because based upon what you deserve or how high you rank on my I care for you because God has cared for me, right? This is what we have the opportunity to do is to care for people, not based upon what they deserve, but to give them what they don't deserve. The greatest hospitality any of us have ever received is when we received grace through faith, isn't it? When God welcomed us into his family, when he welcomed us into his kingdom. We'll talk about incredible hospitality. Love does cover a multitude of sins. And so when I offer kindness, when I offer grace to people, not looking and say, do you deserve my kindness? When I offer it because I have received kindness, my hospitality is that expression of great grace. And hospitality then, it has to reflect that grace and love. It has to be undeserved. It has to be accepting of others. Hospitality begins there. And hospitality is an amazing expression of love. Next thing we find about hospitality is that it's, uh, it's offered according to gifting. Hospitality looks different based upon how God's gifted you, right? Not all of us are the same. That's why we're called the body of Christ, right? If, how boring would it be if we were all the same? If you were all like me, we would have a lot of fun, but there's important things that wouldn't get done, right? It's important that we have different kinds of giftings, and this passage talks about that. It says in verse 10, look what it says here. It says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. So hospitality doesn't just have one expression. It's not just the host that invites people over to his house. It's not just the person that that throws the party. That's not just what hospitality is. Hospitality is vast and varied, and there's lots of different ways we express God's love to other people. And so we have to realize that that you don't have to force yourself into a different kind of frame to be a hospitable person. No, you already were gifted by God to be a hospitable person. But you have to look at your gift and see how did God call you to be hospitable. So we have different kinds of gifts, different kinds of expressions. And so I think begin by saying, God, how did you make me? We'll give you an idea of how you're supposed to express that kind of kindness to others. The third truth that we find from this passage about hospitality is it's empowered by God. Think how cool that is. Empowered by God. Verse 11 says this. It says, If anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. That is amazing. God is with us, even in our our conversations. Or how about this? If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through the power of Jesus Christ. 
that God is at work through our hospitality. That's why it's ministry, right? It's one of the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. When God brings somebody into our life before us, right, we have an opportunity to minister to them through hospitality. We have an opportunity to show them grace and kindness and acceptance. When I do that, that's a good work. When I do that as an expression of my faith in Jesus, God is at work in that. I step into his plan for my life and he does, he shows up and he does things through just the simple kindnesses that are transformative. The hospitality is a powerful thing. I mean, think about even offering a cup of cold water to a child, according to scripture, is powerful ministry. It could be eternity changing. Why? I think one of the reasons hospitality is so powerful is it takes down defenses. You ever notice you go to somebody's house and you knock on the door and the dog's all barking and all that kind of stuff and the lights aren't on, it's kind of dark or whatever, and you open the door like, what? Right? You don't feel relaxed. You're not like, oh, well, hey, let me just chill out with you. That's not the kind of environment in which you're going to be open to anything, right? You're going to be guarded. When you go to somebody's house, you knock on the door and, you know, the porch is well lit, things are swept, right? Dogs are put out in the back. It doesn't bark at you and make you all scared, right? They opened the door and said, oh, welcome. We've been expecting you. Smell the smell of baking bread or something tasty like that, right? They got food. You come in, there's like nice soft music in. You come into the house and it's clean and it's ready. You knew they were expecting you. Doesn't that take down your defenses? You want to go and it's a place that you can have conversation. You can relax. Hospitality does that. It lowers defenses in a huge way. It helps us to feel safe. And therefore, it's an expression of grace. We don't earn it. When you go to somebody's house, it's not like you deserve all of a sudden for them to treat you really well. But when you walk into a space like that, you receive something that you didn't earn. You receive an expression of their love for you. It's grace is what you're feeling. And it does. It helps you feel safe. It helps you feel accepted. And that's love. You see that they thought of you and above themselves. It might have been difficult. They had to clean the house before you came. I bet it was like crazy in their house 15 minutes before you showed up. You know, they're finishing, putting stuff away. If you're anywhere like most people that I know, right? It was not in their best. Like for them, it would have been more relaxing if you didn't show up, most likely. But they wanted you to be there and they wanted you to feel loved. And so they chose you above themselves. And so you feel loved and you feel accepted. And it helps you just feel comfortable. That's the power of hospitality. It's amazing. It lowers these defenses. And so many times, none of us, we, we do not have the position to receive what God has for us because we have our walls up. So we can't hear what God has to say. But hospitality takes those walls down. And so we are in a position to receive what God has for us. We're not in a fighting stance. We're in a friendship stance. Powerful. Hospitality in that way has the power to, to melt hearts even hard hearts. I mean, look at the scripture. There's some really great examples in scripture of uh, some hearts that were changed rapidly through hospitality. Uh, Zacchaeus is a great example of it. Here's a a short little dude that was not loved by his community. Uh, He was a tax collector of the Jewish people. He was not real religious, all that kind of stuff. And uh, he heard Jesus was coming to town and he couldn't get us over the top of the crowds and no one's going to let him, you know, walk to the front. So he climbs a tree so he can see Jesus, right? He's like, there's the Messiah, right? I've heard all the buzz. I want to at least lay eyes on him. But not a guy that would think that he'd be accepted at all by this, this great religious teacher. But Jesus is walking through, and there's tons of crowds around him and all this kind of stuff. And he looks up and he sees Zacchaeus. Of course he does. There's a guy hanging out in a tree. You'd see him too, right? 
And so he sees him like that, but he knows his name because he's God, and so that helps, right? But he saw him and says, Zacchaeus, come on down here. I'm going to have lunch at your house. So Jesus offers hospitality even in Zacchaeus' home. How cool is that? And Zacchaeus, I mean, this was an expression of grace. Here is a man that was rejected, but here to have this religious figure, one who is even the Messiah, to say, I not only know your name, but I want to spend time with you. And not in secret. We're going to hang out at your place. And there was a level of acceptance there. The grace was amazing. And by the end of that lunch, Zacchaeus has this transformation in his heart. See, beforehand, he had been all about himself. He was very self-centered, wasn't he? He, he, he sold out his people and he was stealing from his people to line his own pockets. But by the end of that lunch, he says, you know what? I have done wrong. And every person that I've wronged, I'm going to pay it back and double. And I'm going to give half of what I have that's left. I'm going to give it back to the work of the kingdom. And God did a transformation to Zacchaeus and it started with hospitality. Think how powerful that is. How about the woman at the well? John 4, Jesus is uh, taking a shortcut from the south of Israel, going to go to the north part of Israel, right? And he has to go through stinky Gentile territory. And he doesn't go around. He goes right through it. So he meets with this, this, this Samaritan woman. And he goes and he stops. It's midday and it's hot, apparently, there. And he sits outside and there's this well. And he tells his disciples to go and get some McDonald's for him or something because he's hungry. And so they go into the village and he sits there. And there's this woman there drawing water at the worst part of the day to do that. And Jesus begins to have a conversation with her. And he invites her again into hospitality. He accepts her. He But he also says, I'm thirsty. Would you like to share a cup of water with me? And he draws her into this and through that hospitality and they have a conversation. And through that, began to accept, through that grace, she began to be willing to let down her guard. Do you accept that Jesus had to uh, reveal even things that were pretty deep, deep sins that she had. And instead of being defensive about them, she was able to lay them down. She was able to receive what God had for her. And by the end of that conversation, she was thoroughly convinced to convert. She even went back into her village and brought others and said, you've got to meet this guy. It begins with hospitality. Powerful, powerful stuff. Hospitality is, is like the stealth bomber. You just don't see it coming. Right? You've got people that, that are just uh, ready for a fight, and you offer them hospitality. It's amazing just to see the defenses drop. We begin when we start caring for another person, seeing where they are. Loving them right where they are at, meeting their needs where they are at, not because they deserve it, but because God loves me and he's demonstrated his love to me so I can love them. This is good work he prepared in advance for me. It's amazing what God does, which is why in the church, we, it's, no, uh, it's no special place. Like, uh, it's not like a, some different uh, type of world. Uh, hospitality matters here. It matters a lot. You know, there's a lot of history that uh, the church has had like 2,000 years, so it's been a lot of chance to kind of look to see what helps the church grow and, and what doesn't work. Do you know um, some of these studies, that what, what are the most important seven minutes in church? I think this is fascinating. The most seven, important seven minutes in church, and it's not just the United States. This is global and it's timeless. Uh, whether or not you're meeting here, you're meeting in a house church, underground church in China, the most, seven, most important seven minutes in any congregation church is this, the first seven minutes, not the last. I would have thought it was the last when there's the altar call. Right? When there's the opportunity to make a prayer or make a commitment or make things like that, I would think that's the most powerful seven minutes, but it's not. It has never been. It's always the first seven minutes. Because if somebody comes into church in the first seven minutes, that's before they hear me have an awesome sermon or Zach do an awesome worship song or anything like that. The first seven minutes before they have any of that experience, they have already decided whether or not they're going to be open to what God has for them. 
where they're going to have the walls up or they're going to listen, at, they're the walls, it's a safe enough place that they can take the walls down and be ready to receive what God has. And see, that's why our hospitality ministry in our church is so important. It's the first people you see when you pull onto the parking lot. It's the seven minutes when somebody pulls into the parking lot. That's when the clock starts. It's the first people that they meet. That's why our greeters is one of the most important ministries in the church. When they see you and they smile and they give you and they give you direction, they say, listen, we're happy you're here. They show you grace. It's, it's an opportunity to say, I'm wanted. I've, they expected me. And you know, when, when you walk in and the building is clean and the, and the little seats, the backs of the seats there, there's all the stuff is put together in a nice way and there's no trash on the floor or anything like that. And there's, the lights are on and there's coffee being brewed and there's, and there's donuts there that are tasty. There's something there for you. It lets you know you're wanted. You're loved. You didn't earn any of that. But it's our gift to bring it to you. Each of those little things seem like such small little details. But they're all so important, aren't they? The hospitality is all the little tiny things that we don't necessarily see, but they all add up. It's a smile. It's a, hey, I'm glad to see you. It's a place for you. All of those things let us know that it's safe. And when it's safe, then the defenses come down so we can receive what God has for us. And if we're not ready to do that, if you've ever gone to a church where people are like, why are you here? It's really hard to receive something from the Lord. It's hard to leave changed. Hospitality is powerful stuff. They say, then how do I say yes to hospitality and care? How do I say yes to that kind of ministry? Well, to begin with, I think you have to recognize to start with that hospitality is important. It is essential. This is not a small thing to be hospitable, right? This is why we started with this. This is massive. This is the ability that allows all the rest of the ministries to take place. Hospitality is the heart and the ministry that really equips us and prepares us to be able to see lives transformed and changed. So when you come here, we want you to know that you are loved. We want you to feel loved and welcomed. Sometimes we do a really great job at that. Sometimes we miss it, but we're getting better and better and better all the time, aren't we? That's awesome. Small things is what it's all about. I think over the time where we've brought greeters in or we've had different things to how we've even arranged our chairs to make it more comfortable and things like that for you or the quality of donuts that we decided to buy for you, right? Because that speaks nicely when you have a lousy donut. You're like, they don't even, we used to cut donuts in half. What does that tell you? You're not even worth a whole donut. That's wrong. We don't do that. You're worth a whole donut. You're worth 10 if you want it. You are valuable and we want you to feel loved. The thing is that we have to understand the power of hospitality before we can say yes to it. And that each of us, whether or not you're called to serve in the church through hospitality ministry, all of us are called to serve in life in a hospitable way. We begin with that. But then in the church, there are areas that we can serve in hospitality ministry. What is hospitality ministry? The focus or the purpose of hospitality in the church is this. It's to care for the church family. It's also to create a space for guests feel welcome. And it's also to create an atmosphere conducive to fellowship and worship. It does all of those things. That's why we do it. And in our church, there are three areas that we have that you can serve according to your gifting in hospitality ministry. You're called into this area. And those are Sunday servants, people that serve on Sunday, personal hospitality, folks who serve throughout the week in a more direct, personal way, more one-on-one, and then through like buildings and grounds maintenance type of ministry. You think about when you go to a building and it's all falling apart, hard to feel welcome. In fact, 
I got a story about this hot buildings and grounds. When I was in uh, Missouri, uh, Amy and I were there, and I was doing supply preaching. I would go to these little country churches, and I would preach on weekends when the pastor was sick or gone or something like that. And we went to this little country church that had been there, I don't know how long, a long time, long enough for there to, to be a, a huge three-foot hole in the floor on the front door. So if you open the front door, if you step straight in, you would fall straight down into the, the um, there was a crawl space area, and that's where you would go. That's how long that church had been there, with a nasty smelling old church, right? And there was a hole in the floor where the people who had been a part of that church had been there so long, they all knew about the hole. So they would walk in and they would just take a step and they're like, how you doing, brother? Right? As a first time guest at that, that was not a welcoming thing. I mean, they're welcoming Matt was a death trap. That doesn't start you off in a good direction. You know how hard it is to bring guests when every time you bring them, they fall through the floor? They don't come back. The thing is that buildings and grounds and maintenance is, is equal and hospitable. Sometimes we don't think of them in the types of things. But when a building is maintained and works well, it does make you feel safe. Good space. So those are three areas. Now, um, you'll notice on the back there on our Say Yes kiosk, there are these blue cards. And we've looked in our church, and there are, there's different areas that you can serve in the Say Yes ministry. And that's what these cards are. Each one has a different job description. So they're all ordered by job descriptions. That's what they have. And so if you open up, the blue is for hospitality. And on the inside, then um, it'll tell you about what the ministry is, how much time it will take to do that ministry. If you want to sign up, you want to serve in that area, what it's going to be like. And then it gives you an opportunity then to sign up for it. And then if you do, then you could take in the future, you could take one of these cards and you fill it out and just drop it in the offering basket or in Chris's box right outside of her office, which is right across from that Say yes, kiosk. And what we'll do is we'll contact you. We'll help you get trained and prepared for that ministry. But since today we're talking about hospitality and I only have a certain number of cards and we didn't want to blow our card budget just having everybody take them this morning, what we did is we printed out for you in your bulletin, if you want to take this out, is a menu of all of those so you can see what's on that uh, the kiosk. What are the areas in our church that if you want to start serving in hospitality ministry, how do you engage? That's what we have. So I'm just going to go through this pretty quick. Okay. The first area is personal hospitality. Here's some areas that we have that you can, you can step in and start serving pretty quickly. The first one is card making. Do you know that getting a handwritten card makes you feel special? If you don't, you need a handwritten card because it makes you feel special. It's nice. Some of you have received those from me, right? And you're like, hey, you wrote me. And then I hear that from you guys. You're like, hey, you wrote. And there's a lot of folks, so I don't get to write you all the time, but I, every week I'm writing cards and I get to, to, as I pray for folks and I do that, the reason I write cards is not because I'm great at writing cards. In fact, if you've received one of my cards, you know that I'm probably the least qualified person in the world to send a handwritten note because I write in tongues, right? My handwriting is awful. And, I, and that's after I really put some effort into it to try to make it readable. But it's the effort. It's the fact that you know you're loved. That's why I do it. You know, if you, have, uh, if you feel like this is an area that you could uh, uh, really serve others in, you have a passion for, Card-making ministry, card is, is, is a really great thing. One of the things you have, we have some folks in the church who make cards. Some of you have received those. If you're a crafty person, you're a creative person, you want to demonstrate God's love by creating cards so that we can mail them off and send them off, there's an area for you to serve there. Or how about our, our, our card supply crew? We also have other cards. that We have birthday cards, and we have uh, cards that are written for people of anniversaries. We have cards that are for people that are on anniversary of something difficult, Right? To make sure that we have all the right things so that we're able to do that, stamps and pens and all that kind of stuff. If you'd like to help us, you're on the administrative side, that you want to help us make sure that we are ready to, for this ministry, serve there. After you've served in this a little bit, 
um, you know, if you've done that and, and you really want to start, maybe you're a person that feels like you would like to send cards out, write them into that. This is kind of where that leads to. And so uh, card making ministry is a very powerful ministry. How about this? A new ministry that we are, we are launching, um, really um, very close to being able to actually hold our first one is our auto maintenance crew. Uh, there's a lot of folks, especially a lot of widows in our community, that uh, changing their own oil is terrifying for them, and it's expensive. And if you're on a fixed income, that can be kind of hard. So some folks in the church have said, you know what, I've got a passion for this, and I'm, good at, I'm a gearhead, I like to do that. Here's a great way to show hospitality. And so if you're a gearhead and you say, listen, I'd like to be part of this as we build this ministry and begin launching it, we, um, let us know. That's the auto maintenance one. Um, and mostly it'd just be oil changes, but it's a great way to use your skills to love our community. How about this, home maintenance crew. Again, we have a lot of widows and a lot of uh, folks in our community that have uh, needs in their home. They're just not handy. We have a church here that can help. And if you've got skills, you're able to fix a dishwasher or to, to fix a broken window or things like that, or to change out some light bulbs, there's a place that you can serve and to really show God's love in a very practical way in that ministry. Or how about events? Maybe you're more of a host. You like to throw parties. We are the fun church. We like parties. We need people to help us set up those things. If you are good at that and would like to help us set up those things or clean up afterwards, there's a place for you. Or how about food? Food is a powerful thing. Think how many things in the church have grown, have started, like have, have centered around food. God uses food so often because it helps us connect, doesn't it? So you think about like even communion is a meal. When we go to heaven, we're going to have a, go to a banquet. God likes food and it's powerful. It's good stuff. Good food is powerfully good. Bad food is powerfully repulsive. If you have a gift of making good food and you would like to, when somebody is sick, if family is in the hospital, new folks move to the community, let us know. This is an area that you'd like to serve in to be able to part of our, our chefs so that you can make meals for peoples in need. Let us know. Also, our grocery care. Sometimes folks uh, in our church have, especially in our economy where things are really good, uh, we have a lot of busyness in the, a certain period of the year and then it gets really, really slow for a while. I know that we have Crossroads Ministry that we support and all of that, but having folks in our church bring over a bag of groceries or two to a family from the church means the world to our church family. It lets our family know that they're loved, that they're seen. Uh, if you have that kind of passion, you're good at grocery shopping, it doesn't do to you what it does to me. It doesn't make you just hate humanity, but it actually makes you feel like I can go and I can do this and I can care. This is a ministry that maybe you can do. Personal hospitality. In addition to the personal hospitality of our Sunday servants that, that help everybody feel welcome as they come. Things like this. Parking lot crew. We don't have that yet, but I want to. Why? Seven minutes starts the minute somebody pulls in the parking lot. If they, and our parking lot's weird, isn't it? If you don't know our parking lot, you're like, where do I even begin? Right? But you have to get off the highway or you die. So you have to go somewhere. We have folks that are out there greeting, saying, we are expecting you. This is where you can park. This is where you go up into the building to know that you're expected. Uh, that's a powerful opportunity to help people grow in Christ, to feel comfortable. Or how about the hospitality center? That's our donut table. It looks nice when the donuts are arranged nice and all the spills are cleaned up. If you would like to help with that, set it up or clean it up. This is an area for you. Or how about this, our communion, to have communion every week with all the little crackers and the, the juices and the cups and all that kind of stuff. If you would like to help prepare for that, it's an area of service in the church. would be great. Donut delivery. We all agree. This is an important ministry. If the donut stayed at the donut shop, it wouldn't do us any good. If you would like to help bring the donuts to the church in the morning, this is a ministry for you. How about an info table? That's going to be right now where the uh, say ask kiosk is to make sure like when a kid walks through and knocks all the cards off, there's somebody to pick them up and put them back on. Uh, all that kind of stuff. Be able to help set that up. 
There's an area for you. How about a farewell crew? Another one. I went to a church a couple months ago that when we left, just like they had greeters, they had goers. And they were like, thanks for being here, right? And just to have somebody just acknowledge that you were there, it was, it was really awesome. This is kind of like greeters spin the reverse. How about this? A howdy crew is our greeters or a chairman crew, which is Chris that came up with that title I thought was clever. People that make sure on the backs of your chairs, everything's all nice and neat between services and all that kind of stuff. So you show up, you know you have everything ready for you. Sunday servants. In addition to that, we also have our buildings and grounds. That's going to be more of like the tactile, hands-on stuff. We have our, our event decor. So we do a dance or something like that. You're going to be able to set up all the decor and those things. Uh, we have water filters. We are on a well, and our water is holy in a bad way here, so it needs to be filtered so it's good. Uh, and so we have really good filtration system in the church, but it takes somebody to go and change those filters. And if you would like to help serve in that ministry, that's powerful. Uh, we have baptistry maintenance. You saw that we got to baptize a young man uh, last week at our, after he came to our men's group uh, to that, that movie thing. And it was awesome. Well, it was nice to be able to baptize him into clean water. So he was uh, thoroughly clean. Uh, if that was dirty and nasty, it's hard to get somebody in there. So if you want to help with that. Bulb replacement crew, going through the church, making sure the lights are out. I know we're the light of Christ but nice to have other lights. So if you'd like to help make sure that lights are working, that's good. Supply crew, we've got areas in the church of different kinds of things like bathroom, the cleaning supplies and all the other classroom supplies to making sure that we've, we're supplied up. That's good. Um, we can use you there. Maintenance crew, if you're good at fixing stuff, we could use you because we have a building that gets used and stuff breaks. Window cleaning crew, we've had some folks that have mentioned that uh, they didn't pay attention to me because they thought our, our windows were dirty. Now that I said that, I lost half of you. If you... Uh, if you have a knack for cleaning windows, there's a place in the kingdom for you to serve. Weeding crew, making sure that our weeds are, are taken care of. You like to go out and just work outside and, and kill the weeds. We could use you. Our pathways crew, walking up to the church, making sure the steps are swept, that the rocks are lined up, that people know where to go, and so it looks welcoming. There's a place for you. How about this? We have the uh, parking lot maintenance crew, filling in the potholes, uh, making sure that the parking lot is as well-maintained as we can have it, so at least it's as, as good as possible uh, there. Our flower crew, it is spring. Flowers are awesome. When you go to a building and there's flowers there, it looks nice. You like doing like putting together flowers for the outside? This is for you. How about property cleanup? We live on a highway. People throw out trash. It irritates me what they do that, right? Why would you come to Colorado and then throw trash out your window? It just, they should be bopped on the head with grace. But but here's the thing, that trash then blows up into our property and it looks nasty. If you would like to help us keep our property clean so it looks like it's nice, that's a place for you. Snow shoveling, pray to God we don't need that until the fall, but uh, you, can, uh, you can help with that. And also our airsoft crew, uh, just yesterday, every other week we're doing airsoft, uh, we're playing, um, and we were inviting these young men coming out and playing and keeping that lower field cactus-free, free of debris, all that kind of stuff, lets them know that this church cares for them. And it's been awesome to see throughout time uh, folks who have come to faith through, uh, even through those great ministries. So some areas for you to serve. Each one of these has a blue card on the back. What I would ask you to do today as we finish up our hosp- this, this message on hospitality and care, this is what I want you to do. If you know one of these fits you, I want you to go over at the service, grab one of those connections, go to the blue cards, put it, fill it out, put it in uh, Chris's box. This will let me know that you're in there so I can connect with you, uh, help you... Be trained and connect in that area of service. Get you on the schedule so you can do that. If you feel like, I think this is my area of ministry, but I'm not sure which of these that I should do, this is what I want you to do. Let's, in fact, we can all do this. Take out your connection card, and on the back side, there's some next steps. 
the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is to memorize Ephesians 2.10. We have to start with the fact that you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Know it. Meditate on that. Ask God to make it real in your heart so you believe it, so that way when you serve those good works, it can be an expression of faith. That's the power. So start there. Then I would invite you to read 1 Peter. I preached from it today. Get it in context. See how service and hospitality fits into the context of this revelation from God about the life of Christ. It's not a long letter, but it is powerful. Third thing I'm going to ask us to do as a next step is to practice hospitality. That's personal hospitality. Every one of us should be able to do this in Christ, to be able to start seeing people not according to what I see, but to be able to meet them where they are at. I could do that at my home. I could do that whilst I'm at the store or I'm at the restaurant or anything else. When I see other people, start seeing them. Taking myself out of the center of my life, start living selflessly, practicing hospitality in Christ. But then the third one is that you say, you know what? I think hospitality ministry is where I should be, but I'm not quite sure where. This is what I want you to do is check and say, I want to say yes to hospitality ministry. This lets me know that this is an area, this is a system you feel equipped for, but you just don't know where you're at yet. And so I can begin praying with you, for you, that God will guide and direct you as to where you're supposed to serve in that. This is you taking that first step of faith, saying, God, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to follow the good works that you have for me. I want to discover what those are. And the last one is this, is that if you have no idea in the kingdom of God, if you are an elbow or you are an eye or a kneecap or what you are, you have no idea how you're supposed to serve in the body of Christ, but you, though you want to, I want to say, say yes to the join the gifts class that we have. We're going to be offering a gifts class. It's, a, it's the two days. It's a, we have two, two separate days. Uh, so there's a first half and a second half. So usually it's, uh, we meet in two separate weeks to kind of spread that out to give you some time to do the work through it. And it goes very in-depth as to how God made you. So you can discover your shape for ministry so that way we can help guide you into the right kind of ministry. If you'd like to be part of that, um, I would like to know so that way um, we can create a class and we'll fill it. And so let me know that you'd be part of that. If you said, want to be part of that, uh, that gifts class, uh, right down on the front, make sure I have your name and your email address so that we can give you the invite as soon as we have that on the calendar. All right? And in addition to that, if there's any other commitment you have to make, or if there's a prayer request, this is your opportunity to write that down. And here in just a minute, what we're going to do is we're going to take our offering. Take our offering. I ask you to take your connection card, drop it in the offering basket, allow them with your tithes and your gifts, and, uh, and say yes to the ministry that God has for us. All right, so let's pray for our offering, and we'll have the worship team come out and close up with a great time of worship. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the fact that you are a hospitable God, that you have welcomed us into your home. You've welcomed us into your family. You've welcomed us uh, into serving alongside you in ministry. Lord, we want to say yes to you, each one of us, to, uh, to love one another. And we see the importance of that. Above all else, it says in that scripture, the most important things, knowing that uh, your return is, is coming soon. It says to serve, to love one another, and to be hospitable. So help us to do that as a church, Father. Let us be faithful in this. Express our faith in you through our hospitality that we demonstrate. In addition to that, Father, there are some in this, this church that are gifted for hospitality ministry as part of your body. I pray that you would speak that to them, Guide them in it, empower them for it. Lord, help this church be a place that they grow in that hospitality, grow in the discipleship through it, worship you in this way. Father, help us to equip them well, and uh, we pray, Father, that this church would be a place that represents your home, your kingdom well. Father, we pray for our tithes and our gifts that we've made today, as well as uh, for the commitments that we've made. We offer them back to you. Uh, Do with them what you will. Build your kingdom. uh, Bring yourself glory. We would ask that in Christ's name. Amen.